Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to, yeah, that's probably an ad. This is a bonus episode of the Adweek podcast. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see, David Greiner. I'm an editor with Adweek.com. We've also got Tim Nudd, our creative editor. Tim, thanks for joining us on short notice. Good to be here, David. All right. So we had just recorded this week's episode of the podcast when uh, that afternoon, so this was Tuesday, uh, we recorded. That afternoon, Pepsi dropped a new ad, a two-and-a-half-minute ad featuring Kendall Jenner. And, uh, man, it just exploded. Uh, the next, uh, not even 24 hours, the next kind of like 15, 20 hours was pretty much defined by backlash to the ad. So we're going to talk about the ad. Uh, but first, I should note that it has been pulled, which is kind of the newsy element here. Pepsi has apologized after standing by the ad last night when it started to get a lot of backlash. Uh, they have since apologized. So today is Wednesday. They have pulled the ad. Uh, like I said, it was out for about 24 hours. And uh, they have issued the following statement, uh, which you can find all sorts of coverage about this on adweek.com. Pepsi was trying to project a global message of unity, peace, and understanding, the brand told Adweek in a statement. Clearly, we missed the mark, and we apologize. We did not intend to make light of any serious issue. We are removing the content and halting any further rollout. We also apologize for putting Kendall Jenner in this position. So... On the off chance you have not heard about this ad, it's quickly become kind of one of the biggest, you know, not to misuse the word disaster, because there are certainly more disastrous things happening. Oh, oh this is a disaster, at least from, <laughs> from a brand point of view. Yeah, in the in the world of, of brand marketing, this is truly a disaster. Uh, <laughs> so, Tim, why don't you tell us uh, the creative concept of the ad, of what actually happens in this thing? Yeah, sure. So uh, the creative concept seems to be that uh, Kendall Jenner, who is one of the Kardashian clan, everyone knows her as a, as a, a model, um, she is uh, at a modeling shoot, and she's being, you know, a guy's taking photographs of her, and uh, uh, this um, protest march seems to be happening nearby. And uh, she, she, and another guy who uh, she ends up sort of befriending along the way. Uh, these kind of artist types. They decide uh, they're going to join this protest. So Kendall. Um, I think she sort of takes a wig off and kind of sh like, you know, rubs the lipstick off. And she, she decides that she's not just a, a pretty face that she's going to join this protest. And she does. And she starts mingling with all these uh, wonderful, uh, beautiful protesters. And uh, she's got, you know, there's all sorts of Pepsi product shots along the way. And uh, even though she had nothing to do with this protest before, she suddenly seems to become sort of the de facto leader of the protest. <laughs> and she, she ends up going up to a line of police officers uh, at the very end of the ad and uh, gives him a can of Pepsi and he's he takes a drink and looks around and he, you know, everything seems like all the world's problems have now suddenly ended. 
And so the last shot is, is of Kendall sort of, you know, clapping and laughing. And uh, it says, uh, live bolder uh, on the super on the screen. So, I mean, what can you say? It's, uh, you know, it's been, it's, you know, you and I were texting about it last night. It's, uh, uh, it could be maybe the worst ad ever made. I don't know. A lot of people seem to think so. And it's gotten a backlash that we haven't seen for any ad of any kind, um, I would say, in, in several years. I can't even remember um, something of this magnitude uh, kind of blowing up like this. So, um, yes, this sort of defines brand fail for, uh, for Pepsi. I mean, you literally have in the Super Bowl, we had multiple brands uh, leaning into the activism kind of angle. And, you know, at worst, some of them were just kind of okay. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you had 84 Lumber literally run a long-form ad, you know, heroically featuring illegal immigrants at a time when they are kind of in the center of, of so much political debate. None of those had anywhere near the level, <laughs> level of fallout that, that no, this absolutely. one dumb— And it's because, you know, the big thing that every—I think every headline, including ours, every— you know, every take uh, that you've heard, you hear about this is that it's tone deaf. It is just the very epitome of not— understanding, you know, of just co-opting things in a, without any understanding whatsoever of, you know, of the meaning or, or the emotional resonance that these things have with people. You know, obviously a lot of the folks involved, whether it's in Black Lives Matter or in uh, political marches over the last few months uh, or being part of, you know, what, it, what is commonly called the resistance uh, in terms of the online social movement uh, against the Donald Trump presidency, you know, those people are risking a lot going out there. This is not a fun party, which is kind of the way that Pepsi portrays the march. It's like, it's just a good time, man. We're just going out, having having fun. There's some cops <laughs> there. The cops are all right. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, for people, this is literally, the, it feels like the fate of our country, uh, the fate of our civil liberties. You know, are, a lot of really important things are riding on uh, these protests. And to suddenly turn it into like, Hey man, it's just like the cool 2017 thing to do. Here's Pepsi. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And you know, before we get too much further, we should mention uh, that Christina Mamos, our brand reporter, kind of been tackling this all along, and she's written uh, three stories. Um, in fact, the first I heard of it was when Christina um, sent me a message on Slack yesterday, and it was sort of the most uh, the understatement of the year. Her her message. She sent me a link to the commercial, and she wrote, "This is a problem." <laughs> <laughs> That was yesterday afternoon, and and uh, you know by yesterday evening, obviously um, we had a story up, and it was uh, everybody was sort of just ripping on this ad. Uh, Christina did a wonderful follow up that we posted this morning, and then she also wrote the news this afternoon um, that the uh, that the ad has been pulled. So she's been doing a great job uh, covering it. But yeah, I mean, you know, even for a soda brand, you know, which they always overpromise, right? Every single uh, you know commercial for. For Coke or Pepsi uh, says that they'll make you know it'll make you happier, it'll make the world a better place, uh, in some sort of ambiguous way. Uh, it's this fantasy land. Usually, you know, you think of Coca-Cola Hilltop from the early '70s. Uh, you know, uh, Coke's basically saying there, like this place doesn't really exist, but wouldn't it be nice if it did? And I think what's different here is is Pepsi is really tying this back to reality in a really awkward way. You know, Black Lives Matter is real. The resistance is real, and, and this idea that Pepsi can can make those struggles easier, even in a small way, is kind of absurd. And, and here, they're sort of suggesting that it can solve them entirely. I mean, that's patently absurd. And then you've got the extra layer of Kendall Jenner. You know, if you're if you're going to touch politics and and do an ad about activism, you know, it's it's hard to imagine someone more ill suited to that than a than an entitled reality star. 
Uh, also, why would this appeal to millennials at all? I mean, millennials um, can, could smell this kind of crap like from a mile away. You know, I talked about this earlier on the, on the uh, earlier podcast record, David, that we did earlier this week about Carl's Jr., uh, having a millennial sort of take the blame for for Carl's Jr.'s past, uh, you know, history of sexist ads. I mean, it seems like mark all these big marketers seem to be sort of you know completely misreading millennials even now when when there's been so much you know everyone's supposed to understand what the millennial is all about. Um, this proves otherwise. Yeah, I mean, there's a few different uh, things that occur to me. I mean, to me, this is kind of the epitome of how mega influencers are really almost universally are poorly used. Uh, brands spend a, a fortune to uh, get these uh, influencers on board, that whether they're reality stars or social media stars. And what you get out of it is just this very vapid, like, you know, I'm just basically walking across a screen. Uh, I'm not really in. She could have been playing a role in this ad, but she's not. You know, she is Kendall Jenner. Uh, she doesn't really pretend to be anything else, so she is just a very wealthy white woman uh, who just kind of takes the lead of this, uh, you know, obviously diverse uh, crowd that's that's heading out to protest. And, you know, they just this this idea of of kind of white exceptionalism of just like he to your point, you know, it's like she wasn't even there. And then suddenly she's like, I got this, guys. I'll go. I'll go settle all this down. <laughs> right. I'm going to go be the, the head of the parade. Uh, and I mean, it's it's tremendously baffling. Uh, the, a lot of the see some of the criticism we haven't really talked about yet. Uh, I think there has been a lot of discussion about uh, why they would feature a reality star instead of uh, someone who's been actually involved in activism or who has a serious connection to it. I think the answer to that is kind of obvious because if they had this ad, would not exist. Uh, exactly. And the, you know, the the obviously the racial uh, aspect of this, uh, if they're really they really are co-opting what is largely a social injustice movement uh, and to have someone who is, you know, very much in the, you know, in the upper echelons uh, of, of kind of white society. It's, it's just such a such a bad fit. Um, yeah, what, you talk about, you know, you talk about money that they must have spent on Kendall. Um you know that money. I, if you look at at the recent history of of Pepsi marketing, you know they've cut back a lot on on spend uh, for agencies. For example, this ad was done by uh, the in-house team over at Pepsi, called Creators League Studio. And I mean, obviously, it's debatable whether an outside ad agency would have had a different, uh, you know, would have would have created something like this. But at least if you had someone outside the company working on it, you know, the possibility of red flags. I don't understand how there's how no red flags went up or if they did go up, how they were talked through when this ad was in its conception phase. Um, but since, you know, if, if they cut back on, they've cut back their money on agencies and maybe if they'd spent a little bit more money, uh, on, on the, the kind of advice they'd be getting from an ad agency versus blowing it all on, uh, on Kendall Jenner's fee, uh, maybe this wouldn't have happened. I mean, but that's only one piece of a larger puzzle. How this happened at all, um, is, is baffling. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's really kind of w without knowing the behind the scenes uh, details, uh, it feels like a real issue of corporate culture. Uh, and, and I feel safe saying that because if they had a healthy corporate culture, someone would have stopped this or someone would have been able to uh, put their foot in. It, it just smacks of the kind of brand or the kind of c corporation where they simply don't listen to enough voices. Uh, you know that there, whether it's a lack of diversity or a lack of uh, age variety, um, or a lack of just focus groups. I mean, just how do you how do you you have so many options? 
of people you can listen to from all different walks of life. And Lord knows brands do that every day. Uh, they do tons of research. You know, this just feels like no one ever stopped to ask anyone involved. And, of course, the actors aren't necessarily going to stop it because they're, they're, they're probably used to much worse. Uh, well, that's but, the really that's the embarrassing part of this, too, is that you know that, um, I mean, I have to assume that everyone who worked on this uh, those they this struggle that's depicted in you know that that you see out there in in the real world right now the the people that made this ad don't have that struggle, and this sort of makes that you know painfully clear, and so yeah I mean you know it's the 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 makeup of the of the team over there is obviously lacking in some way, and it'll be interesting to see how they address that you know I I know they've apologized already but I don't think that's the, that's the end of the story. Yeah, you know, it felt like, a, by the way, a little uh, on the celebrity front and the talent front, uh, it felt like a little salt in the wound that uh, Skip Marley did the soundtrack as Bob Marley's grandson. And uh, <laughs> what a what a kind of ironic uh, uh, twist in terms of the legacy of, of, you know, being involved in that project. Not that Skip probably, I mean, he did release a statement about how excited he was to be involved in this. But, you know, it's hard to say how much involvement he really had. I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, long-term or just, I, I guess, how long you expect some of this brand damage to keep up. Uh, you know, this has exploded very quickly, but, I, I mean, is there a chance it could just go away very quickly? No, I don't think so. I think Pepsi has taken a pretty serious hit here in terms of, you know, its brand perception around it. Um, they just seem really out of touch. They, they're they're a laughing stock. People are are mocking them. I mean, you know, think about some other stuff they've gone through. Like when they made the new logo, people were making fun of the logo. That's the kind of stuff that comes and goes. Uh, you know, when you when you when you release something that is so out of touch with with the most you know, uh, you know resonant things that are happening in America right now, it's it's to me it's it's gonna it's very difficult to to come back from that quickly, and and it's gonna take. Um, you know, maybe a change in, in corporate culture and, and some steps to, to try to figure out what went wrong here. And, and you know, it's not uh, the problem, too, is that this kind of creative approach is not really that out of step for a lot of marketers. You know, they just took it. Pepsi just took it to sort of a really strange, absurd degree. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a brand like Pepsi, they don't have too much to sell except their, their cool factor, you know, and, and this is the most uncool thing that they, they, they could have done. So, uh, these brands, these brands really just want to feel like they're, they want people to see them as in step with culture and to be so totally out of step. I mean, I think that's going to have repercussions for them. Yeah, I mean, this is the choice of a new generation, right? This is Pepsi's entire brand identity pretty much from, you know, from the eighties on, and they have really staked their reputation on their relative coolness compared to kind of the timeless classic uh, you know, vibe of Coca-Cola. Uh, and, and there's a lot of debate about who won the Cola Wars of the 90s. You know, Coke, Coke is still the number one soda. Diet Coke has surpassed Pepsi as the number two. But Pepsi made a lot of really smart moves in terms of the companies they acquired, getting into food, buying Frito-Lay. You know, they, they've become a really powerful company that they that was built on that foundation of kind of being the the cool one that could resonate with young people and yeah so i mean in that respect you couldn't ask for a worse situation uh than this because you know this new generation coming up that pepsi's going to be a laughing stock do you think they can proactively uh, i guess nothing's proactive at this point but can they actively come out and actually do anything that will help uh, alleviate some of this 
That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I think their their instinct is to want to sweep this under the rug, probably, or at least not mention it again after it's gone. And so I have a hard time, you know, seeing what steps they could take that won't be, you know, similarly uh, transparent in terms of what they're trying to do. So I guess we'll see. I mean, it's not uh, it's not the end of the world for them. They're a big brand. They will come back from this eventually. Um, but yeah, as a corporation, I, I would like to see them you know, at least address this in some way and uh, why this happened. And, and, you know, maybe they'll learn some, you know, maybe a bunch of brands will learn a little bit from this. That's the upside is that some productive conversations are happening around it that will hopefully, you know, teach brands a thing or two on, on how not to act. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Tim, for uh, clocking in for an extra bonus episode of the podcast. Of Apologies course. that we, we could not have Christina Monlos, who, of course, is a uh, producer and a frequent guest on the podcast. But she is out running around being on the national news from being uh, one of the top people covering uh, this story. So uh, big thanks to Christina for uh, the excellent job she's done. Definitely check out adweek.com for uh, I, I especially recommend her, her analysis of uh, where she talked to a bunch of experts in the industry about uh, kind of how Pepsi got it so wrong. Uh, so that's a great read uh, if you've been following this story. So thanks, everybody. Check out adweek.com for a lot more, and we will talk to you next week. 